Welcome to Robos. This is episode seven of the Car Chat. Bring some more car news, auction wraps, and the rest. Justin, how's it going? Good, man. So, how you been? Fucking along, man. Keeping busy. Doing a bit of this, bit of that. You? Yeah, man. So, um, yeah. Work still flood out, so it's a good thing. So bringing more money in the door that uh, puts in a position to uh, look at more cars. So can't can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's still, a, still a pretty crazy time. We begin all these podcasts with COVID talk, and it's open, close, open, close, border closures, open, close, open, close. So if you're trying to book a holiday or going to state, as you were trying yep. to, it's a pain in the ass. Um, and I travelled in a state last week and had to get the test and all that bullshit. So not a fun time to try to plan an interstate holiday or or even just a birthday or some sort of gathering where you have a mass group of people is just an absolute nightmare right now. Oh, exactly, man. I've got my son's second birthday coming up in a few weeks and we're literally talking about the same thing going, well, do a book somewhere, just have people around at home and I think, you know, let, let's be honest, with all the hovering cases in uh, New South Wales right now, what do we have? A remove list? <laughs> Make oh, his way through it's Melbourne gonna, it's and gonna it's going to blow up. It's, it's, it's going to, I, I mean, I called it as soon as I heard the Sydney you know, blow up two weeks ago. It was like, yeah. it's only going to be a matter of time till someone jumped the border. One of my mates is a copper and he got caught up to the Albury border last Wednesday. So, yeah. we're recording this on Tuesday, the 13th of July. So, last Wednesday, he got caught up to go to the border. He's been there ever since and he said it's an absolute shit show with the border passes. They're checking maybe one out of 15, 20 cars that go by. Yeah, well, um, well that's the thing. So, I mean, I've, I've heard the same thing that you can, you know, I've, I've got a mate up in um, Albury, well, Ben, the detailer, and he said the same thing. He goes, it's um yeah if it all kind of builds up and then they'll just let yeah 15 20 cars so, through doesn't matter trying to control it so it's yeah um, and i'm against i'm against border closures period mm. I, I think you know i think you know if we're going to close anything it should be the international borders and then at least we can get back to some normality yeah but if they, if you're going to do it yeah do it properly yeah, exactly. it's like sydney where they're ba- they're trying to ban non-essential shopping where they're going through people's groceries and whatnot well, why are those shops open yeah. then? If no, you no, if you really go on that yeah. gung ho, which so I don't know, no, no browsing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't believe in going that gung ho. I don't believe in lockdowns. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to do it, do it properly. Like if you've still got shops open, yeah. how are you going to penalise the consumer for buying a pair of shoes and and what's deemed essential? Like if I go for a walk and my air bubble pops, yeah, yeah, a pair of shoes are, are essential to me. I have to go <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like every, essential is different oh, exactly. to, to each person. So. One of my mates there, you got um, he does bodybuilding and everything. He was getting told off because he's he's there in the aisles reading all the reading all the calories <laughs> <laughs> on the back of the package and just losing his shit because he's trying oh, to compare the yeah. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's a crazy time. But anyway, we're here to talk about cars, so I'm going to yeah. go through the what's going on at the moment. So, a little bit of a uh, auction wrap. We had the Shannon's online auction, which finished just under a month ago. Obviously, Shannon's been Melbourne-based for the most part. A few interesting ones, a, a 71 Ferrari Dino 246 GT in the red, obviously. Coupe sold for 640K. So, not- you know, not too bad for an online auction. Yeah. I think, um, you know, Shannon's obviously probably just got over the open again, close again yeah. that we are here in Victoria and just said, let's just whack it all online. And I'd wonder if there was even inspections permitted at that time because that was around the lockdowns as well. So, they also had an X- XW GTO Phase 1, which went for 190K. It was a, uh, a the license plate 809. How much do you think that went for? 809, uh, it'd have to be 130-something thousand. 
250K. Oh, okay. Mm, so three digit, 809, nothing special about it. Your standard black and white Victorian plate. You can do your custom plates. That's good. good yeah. Talking to them. Nope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't pay overs for any custom plates. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> um, I have custom plates that, you know, if I get them with a car, so be it, but I'd never pay overs for it. I'd never go in and be like, yeah, yeah I'll take 809 for 200K. Like, nah, I'd rather have yeah. a car. 2006 HSV VZ GTO manual LE coupe, build number 51 out of 100. Obviously, they have the- car. Parts yeah. Car sticker pack had a sticker, yeah. sticker through the, the center of the car. Current, oh, sorry, got 152,000 for that. It was 5,000 kilometers on the clock. Really, a nothing car at the end of the day, but well, yeah, that's still you got the um Grange wheels slapped on it or Grange Senator wheels, ugly. um, painted champagne and some stripes down the car. And it's just, yeah, that's the thing, it is a parts wing car, so yeah. Oh, yeah, 152K. That's, yeah. I mean, we know that coupes have gone through the roof the last three years probably now. Yeah. So it's really surged. So now these nothing cars are probably the next ones to move up. XA GT in yellow, 145K. So pretty fair for that. I just yeah. sold one not recently for, for roughly that price. Um, probably in better nick than that. So could have held it out, but just wanted to move it on. And a 94 Nissan Skyline R32 GTR, 142,500. So yeah, it's crazy there, especially if that's a, um Australian deliver one. Saying the prices they're pulling, so yeah, doing pretty well. We go on to Grays. They have a current auction going on right now online. It's probably it's going to end probably by the time this is live. Um, or a few of them are. They got the W four twenty seven. They do red yeah. red W four twenty seven. Currently sitting at one hundred and seventy five grand. Okay. They yeah, they have a, a HSV GTSR in in your favorite green. Mm-hmm. Has a Russo performance package on uh, it. Russo performance. Yeah. Russo. There you go. Four two two zero kilometers. So four thousand kilometers. One hundred twenty seven thousand eight hundred. It's currently sitting on. There's a sixty eight Holden HK GTS Monaro automatic coupe. Red looks like it's unrestored. Sitting at one hundred twenty thousand. And probably the last one to run out would be a Holden Tirana LX SS in papaya, kind of the yellowy, yeah, nice. yellowy yep. orange with the orange pinstripe. Um, automatic coupe currently sitting at seventy four thousand seven hundred. So a little bit of Australia, Australiana there. The only really Fords of note are all, all really customs. I mean, the only one is an XY Ford Falcon automatic sedan, which looks like it's a custom currently sitting at fifty four thousand. So n- nothing really big at Greys as far as the Ford, Fords go. Mm-hmm. And then the last one would be the, the Lloyd's online auction as well. Not a lot there, really. Some some things that stood out. There's a there's a VL Commodore BT1 shitload of kilometers, um, 87 Holden Commodore, obviously 55,000 currently sitting on with 17 days left. I, st- I still can't get my head around the whole BT1 thing. I was chatting to uh, Phil King the other day about it, and it's just yeah, I just don't get the fascination with it all. Yeah, yeah I don't think anyone does. I mean, it's just a. I guess it's an. It was kind of a not laughable, but it was just like the standard muzzle car from back in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of wogs like myself that now have some cash that are probably just like, oh, I get a BT1, bro, a BT1. Yeah. They probably, you know, took down their first woman in a BT1 and <laughs> some sentimental value there. Yep. But not a whole lot really as I'm scrolling through other than that is XP Falcon, X Police car currently sitting at 31,500, 17 days left on that one. But um, yeah, I mean, kind of a quiet one as far as uh, Lloyd's goes, a lot of kind of restoration type cars a lot of kind of mustangs that need work fair few um gts that need some work but nothing you know as i'm scrolling through nothing really yep. piques my interest there so it's been kind of quiet on the auction front the last month or well, two as in general like even um even cars just getting shared through all the groups so uh, i think that things are just sitting at the point now that i'm um, seeing high reserves on cars not even getting there like that um yeah, there's a red um, W427 as well. I'm not too sure if it's the same car. I haven't looked into it to see if it's done the cycle through, but had a reserve of 300,000 on it. It was sitting at around 150, you know, so yeah. didn't hit it. And um, 
yeah, it's. I think that yeah, we're starting to see it now. I'll, I'll call it out. It's starting to slow down. Yeah, so, it is. Like yeah. COVID cash is starting to go. I mean, if you you had all that savings in the bank and work from home and job keeper, job seeker, it's all gone now. Yeah, yeah. I think we're three, four months, five months away from that now. Yeah. Um, I think people are starting to realize I might need some cash to to be able to feed the kids and family and pay the mortgage for the next 12 months. And uh, yeah, spending's really dried up. Um, but yeah, and that's thing. We're seeing the same cars just sitting online, not moving. So months and months, I mean, they're ones with the massive dream of prices, but it just kind of shows that um, if you watch them, especially like the W1s will slowly start dropping, then they suddenly bang their updaters being sold. And I'd still love to know with some of the ones that have been on castles what they've changed hands for, because like I said, um, in the last episode, you have a lot that were going in the mid 300s. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if it just starts to at least flatline and get back to some normality so we can snap yeah. up some bargains and everyone out there can snap up a bargain or two. But right now, you have some some scrolling that you were doing as far as the our FPV GTFs. Yeah. You know, we, so we, we, we mentioned that as a car, what, four podcasts ago was one that piqued our interest that was still reasonable. This I, was probably three, four months ago. That exactly. Was still, so still in the high, close to 100, just over 100. Yeah, well, we're starting to call them then going, well, what's going to happen with these? Are they going to be next to jump? Well, bang. boy, have they. So, um, yeah, most expensive one listed online is 302,000, a manual one um, in blue with 5,133 kilometers on the clock. So it's not even like delivery kilometers. So us three. 300k. 302,000. There's another auto one with 4,030 k's on the clock for 300 gram. So dropping down to 229,000, a manual with 6,849 kilometers on the clock. Uh, then another auto uh, with 12,900 kilometers for 225k. Another auto with 7,330 kilometers on the clock for 225k. Then we've got a manual uh, 9,783 on the clock. 219,000 and then the cheapest 195,000 for an auto with 47,000 Ks on the clock. Yeah, it's massive. It's massive COVID tax. Yeah. So it's a 100 or 150, maybe even $200,000 tax on from when we spoke about it. Maybe yeah. they, maybe they listen to the pod and they're Good. like, I'm sitting on a gold mine here because it's Good, gone so. through the absolute yeah. roof and they are. Yeah. You know, we have to Could remember- have four or five mates on there just go and let's haul this yeah. their cars. <laughs> yeah, sh- a short line, our friends out in Moorabbin, Dutton, Duttons be. or yeah. Richmond that have, yeah, that have bought be. them up. Um, but so. yeah, we, we I mean, they are the last big banger from Ford or FPV yeah, well, essentially. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. They are the GTSR so. W1 or whatever you want to call it in, in HSV. So- there is some historical value there, but they're all pretty high kilometer cars. There's none with real delivery. No, delivery it, K's on it. Exactly. So, um, and same with the W1s. I mean, same kind of one sitting there, the delivery kilometer, uh, red one, 630,000. Actually, it's one that popped up is the Jungle Green, the, the pilot car. He's still trying to sell that. So, I think he's tried to sell it about nine or 10 times now. <laughs> um, 498,000. So, he has seen the light and slowly dipped that to under, under half a mil. And, yeah, other ones have been, yeah, 488,000 for a white, one with 458 kilometers on the clock. So, still on that kind of money. Um, yeah, the GDSR Maloos are still in the 200. So, and same with the um, GDSR sedans as well, all around the 200 grand mark. So, all, all hovering there, but um, nothing moving. Everyone can have a dream. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, there'd be a, a portion of those GTS you'd have to think uh, the missus giving the, the old man a, a tap on the shoulder saying, You need sell to sell it. that car. And, yeah, no worries, love. Yeah. 350,000. Oh, <laughs> It'll exactly. sell tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> a, so. year, a year into it, I just can't sell. Like, no one's got money. It's COVID. And yep. Mrs. Uh, would have no idea. But what do you got for us on the GP? Grand Prix. Um, 
Oh, look, we all saw this happening. So I think, like I said to you, I was calling this out. was the same way as Ben Simmons playing for the Boomers. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, we um, visioned that that was going to happen. So, yeah, so for those that don't know or living under a rock, uh, 2021 Grand Prix has been cancelled. So, yeah, there's flags around COVID, everything happening there. And look, I mean, let's be honest, it's, um, it's not just like a race car driver and a car turns up. It's um whole team. Whole team. What and are their teams running at these days? Do you know? Would you happen to know? Off numbers-wise. Have to be 100, oh, 200. Yeah, 200 per, plus. Per team? Say, yeah. yeah. So it's everywhere from marketing to pit crews to all yeah. the engineers. But how much, if they, if they dumbed it down to like, you know, marketing you can do from abroad, you can you can do a lot of things from overseas. If they dumbed it down to must- must need people still yeah. be looking at a hundred, wouldn't you? With engineers, oh, you'd have to. It's, yeah, pit crew, engineers, mm. um, yeah, support staff, things around it. So. And I believe I, I read that it was cancelled. Basically, a, a big determining factor was the fact that um, the GP drivers didn't want to quarantine. And the, the teams didn't want to go through the fourteen day quarantine. That was a big sticking point for them. They obviously wanted an exemption for being yeah. professional athletes that are, are vigorously tested as it is, and mm. said, "Look, we don't want to do if we don't do the fourteen days, we're happy to come in and do it." And I think that was a sticking point. I think the government obviously feeling political pressure. If you know, after what happened with the tennis, yeah, letting them in and the quarantine was a shit show. I think they've learned their lesson on this one. And as harsh as it is, it is probably the right decision politically. But at the same time, there's a conversation of when are we going to open up again? You know, are we going to we going to continue this on for another three or four years? Like it's you know, we, we look at England and their cases. They just came out of lockdown, and then they've got fifty thousand people at Wembley watching the World Cup every night. Yeah, and I have a I have a eerie feeling they're going to go on lockdown again in the next couple of weeks. I just have, just have a feeling because it's yeah. just it is what it is. You know, oh, it's, it's yeah. one of those things. Exactly. So. And that, and yeah, look, I mean, that's the thing we're talking about vaccines before, just how we're going to have our two jabs until normality starts, whereas we can just saying, hey, live with it now and move on. But, um, yeah, but there yeah, isn't even normality. The people that have had both jabs are still locking down with the rest of us. Yeah. You know, yeah. I haven't had any jab yet. And I just don't, you know, they're saying you potentially need a third one and then a yearly one on top of that. And mm-hmm. today they just released the AstraZeneca Zeneca now. Oh, if you're under 60, it's okay now. You should probably reconsider getting it. And you're just <laughs> like, you know, if you're, if you're watching this stuff and, you know, you're hearing mixed advice every other week. Yeah. It's like, how do you take these people seriously? So, you, I can understand people being weary of the vaccine, you know, like it's something that hasn't been tested long and I guess, you know, it's just something that if, if that's a carrot that people, that the government's dangling about opening up, well, wh- why are those people not allowed to travel then? You know, oh, if you've yeah. been double vaxxed, you, when you come back to Australia, you still have to quarantine for 14 days. So, does it work or doesn't it? You know, it's just- Well, the, yeah, it's, yeah, spot on true. I mean, if, if I just knew that, hey, you get it, your life's the normal, you can, yeah, don't have to quarantine, it's just- mm-hmm. Live your life. I'd be going. Yeah, don't have to yeah. sign in anywhere. Don't have to wear masks. I'm sure yep, many, many more it. people would be like, okay, but the fact yeah, exactly. that they're moving just walk up, show I've got strong 5G signal. You know, go the old microchip. <laughs> Speaking of microchips, yes, uh, we need more chips. So, uh, sustained shortage of computer chips continues to impact the production output, according to um, a new overseas report. So, since late 2020, the automotive industry has been plagued by scarcity of uh, computer chips used to regulate on board electronic functions some estimates su- suggesting more than 110 billion US so 100 yeah Aussie 150 billion in revenue is um like is um lost globally, globally so yeah it's um yeah so to dumb that right down this is causing the number one shortage for new cars at the moment so um 
yeah, has has been the flow and effect from COVID through to this. More delays, they're saying at least six months happening there. BMW has been hit massively with it as well. So um, I think they're even up to about nine months in the shortage now for new cars yeah, coming it's, through. So. it's generally the luxe cars that have a lot yeah. of shit going yeah, on. Yeah, lots of things. You so. know, your Kias and that that are pretty pretty simple with their tech are pretty pretty well unaffected from it. It's the BMWs. Everything yep. is just based, computer-based and computer-driven. Mm-hmm. And you notice that if you jump online now and look at, you know, a new X7 or X5 or X3 or a new AMG Mercedes, the second-hand dealer ones are almost more than yeah. sticker because they can't get them in the country. So, now oh, they're becoming scarce. Yeah. They're becoming rare, right? So, even if you go in and order one, you're not, you're not going to get it. They quote six months. You're not getting it in six months. You're getting it in 12, 18 months at times. And speaking to our friend up at um, the Sunny Coast there and the BMW that we deal with, Coastline, yeah, Coastline yeah. they said the same thing. Like, we, we're just not getting – we can't get enough cars in mm-hmm. for, for new order stuff because – you know, everything's just delayed on boats or cars just aren't even hitting the boat to come out here. Yeah. Yeah, it's – um and, yeah, flow and effect all through. So, I mean, you know, we're talking before about just prices of Ford Raptor Rangers, how they've all gone up like crazy. And I was, I was just doing a search for the other day, just trying to – everything, just looking around from Volkswagen through to Fords, BMWs, and just prices are just through the roof. So, it's, um, I remember a while ago I was looking at, like, just CLA 45s and just how they're up 10, 15 grand. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that's on average. We're seeing probably 10, 15 grand slept on top. So Easy. Yeah. And, and if you want it, you're paying it. Because yeah. if, if you want a brand new car today yeah. or even in the next three, four, five months and you're a, you're a luxe car buyer that up, upgrades every year, you don't have to pay that tax because yeah. you, you just can't get them. It's, it's a lottery where it's so scarce. It's like old school cars. If it's a rare car, it drives up the price. Well, yeah. now, now oh, these, exactly. these new end luxe cars are becoming rare. It's like yeah. crazy, you know? Well, that's the mean. I um. Got rid of the Mrs. X5 and I kind of thought well, it was time to get rid of it. Then this year, you know, year warranty left on it. Smart to kind of cash in and car cost me nothing for driving it for two years. And and I still think I um, probably should have just held on to it. Probably wouldn't have been much of a difference, you know, so the way prices are, yeah. especially since you can't get them to get a new X540i. They're all, you know, 20 grand plus from what I paid for the thing and I can't even you know, get one from Coastline at the moment without paying over. So, yeah. But, um, yeah. It's tough. It is tough, but hopefully they uh, can find some computer chips somewhere. Exactly. Hoons, again. Yeah, always Hoons. South Australia this time. Yep. Friends in Adelaide. Yep. So um, they're always doing something. They've got a lot of mates over in Adelaide, so shout out to J-Bats. You probably caused something to do with a lot of this. Who knows? <laughs> it's, um, it's uh, yeah, so new Hoon laws, allegedly dangerous uh, drivers, and, you know, finally um, getting cars crushed if they fail to pay the fee of uh, $1,395 in 38 days under July 1's new rule. So owners of impounded cars must pay $1,195 for their vehicle to be returned. Um Within the 28 days of being seized, the cost will jump to 13.95 if the payment is not received within the 38 days. After the, which, the South Australian Police can have the car uh, have can have the vehicle crushed or sold. The hard deadline um, yeah, approach means the driver could have their cars destroyed before even facing a conviction. What do you think about that? I'm not a fan of um, having it destroyed before a conviction, you know. Yeah. But obviously, if they're at this point where they're hooning and doing something stupid, it's pretty clear cut what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the conviction. But I'm still a believer in you should always get your day in court, regardless of your circumstances, for the most part, unless you're blatantly you know, caught murdering someone or something and it's cut and dry. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Taking someone's property and crushing it, not a huge fan of it. But I guess if that's the no tolerance rule. I mean, every young kid's going to do something stupid and then who the hoon label 
is a slippery slope. Like, is it a kid that hangs it around a corner in an industrial estate, 12 o'clock at night? Is it the same as some idiot going around a roundabout during school time? Yeah. Probably not. You know, so I'd hate for that kid to now have the the first example to have his car crushed. I think a a stern example, like a $1,400 fine, no problem, but crushing that kid's car, I don't agree with, but the guy doing it or repeat offenders. But if if it's a one-off where a kid's got their peas and they do a little spoky, I I don't classify that as like impoundable crush worthy. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're putting people's lives in danger and or you're a repeat, of, repeat offender, you know, I guess it's the only way they can really get through to some of these kids. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. So, I think it's just going to have a level around as to how severe this home behaviour is. So, um, yeah, like I've had plenty of mates be done over the years in industrial areas like we're sitting in now doing things on a you know, Tuesday night, no one around, you know, practising drifting and then getting caught, just wrong place, wrong time. And that's just frowned upon as, you know, just as bad as if you're on Dandy Bypass racing two other cars with mm. people standing all on the side of the road, you know, so. Yeah, they're both wrong, obviously, but I, I believe there's levels, you know, to yeah. to how hard your um, penalty is. And I, I think, like I said, if we're, I, as soon as you get your license, generally as a young kid, at least in our day, you've, you've at least screeched your tires off the line. Yeah, oh, Nothing crazy, yeah. but you've g- given it a little push. Oh, shit, you know, like. Yeah. And I'd hate for a kid doing that to be like, "We're crushing your car." Like you're like, really? <laughs> like that's a bit. It's a bit crazy. But like I said, if you're doing shit around school zones and mums driving their kids to school and in traffic, period, uh, I've got no tolerance for that. I'm, I'm happy with with a car to be crushed if, yep. you're, if you're doing that shit. So yeah, not- and, and like I've said before in previous episodes, it comes down to is is there an encumbrance on this car? What happens in those circumstances? There's there's a lot of flowing effects all this, or if you're someone else's car. So it's um, you know, if let's just say it's your mum or dad's only car, and they're taken out at night, and then this happens, and they are a repeat offender in their mum or dad's car, it also happen as well. So yeah, that's um, a tough one. I just don't get that law. I guess that's the workaround that who's yeah. will find. I'll just take someone else's yeah. register under someone else's name. So the cops are like, no, nah, we're going to just be just as harsh to them. But then what if you're literally? Uh, I guess it's then theft of, a, of an automobile, which is a, which yeah. is an added charge. You'd have to find out. Anyone would take the theft of an automobile over a, cr- a car crush, though. Generally, yeah. Exactly, yeah. You know, like that Mustang back story we had back in the day where the kid took the dad's car and rode it off. Let's say he got pulled over for hooning and they're like, we're crushing the car. Dad might take a seven-day jail jail stint for the son to stop the crush, wouldn't you? Oh, exactly. I mean, I, I read between the lines of this, so vehicle crushed or sold. So, <laughs> I'd say sold. if it's an absolute shit heap that's not even worth the um, worth the time and effort to sell it, you crush it. Being, but otherwise, being Commodore um, banger. Mm. Yeah, so, but hey, they're, they're pulling good money these days, so you wouldn't <laughs> want to crush one of them. Yes, yeah, so obviously, they're going to be selling the cars worth selling. And um, and I don't know, I guess that's the way that- um, to That's where they'll have discretion. So. We'll have yeah. discretion there, whether we're crushing or selling. Yeah, exactly. But around, so. the, around the conviction, there's no discretion there, mate. You yeah. Just, you got to suck it up. <laughs> LMCT W1 Malou raffle went live. Yeah. Uh, so cash or the car? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting one there. So, down to the cash or the car. So, oh, look, I, I said at the time, cash being tax-free because I always get worried in the sense- going, Is it tax-free? Because oh, it's a It competition. is, yeah. So, lottery. 700 is tax-free. So, whereas, I don't know, I mean, probably need to ask Adrian Patelli about it, but I assume if you got that W1 Malou and then you sold it, you have to pay capital gains, wouldn't you? Well, what's the capital gain on? Zero? So, on the lottery ticket, <laughs> no, well, on on the Malou. So, if but what's you, the capital gains based on the purchase price of the lottery ticket? <laughs> yeah, well, that's see, this is a hard one here. I mean, if you suddenly get it and you sell that for, a, say, it goes for over a million, are you? Is it the gain on what it was valued at at the time? It'd be what it's valued at at the time. Well, that's what I thought. Being that it, the value would be the million and fifty before. 
that he paid for it. The and then if you sell, yeah, but you yeah, still do that though because you still make you still get. Or will they cash. really say if they they got a does a tax Zero. department dig up and say well. You paid, you paid thirty dollars for the ticket. <laughs> yeah, it is a couple. Of Any accountants that, so. listening to us? Yeah, can yeah definitely. We all want to know. Let about us this. know. Let us know if that Maluri's the capital gains on it from the lottery price of the, the for the ticket, which is let's say thirty dollars. So if it sells for a million, he gets a thirty dollar tax credit, and the rest <laughs> is tax to capital gains, or is it based on what it was worth at the time? I'm pretty sure it'd have to be what it's worth at the time of the competition. Yeah, well, that's that. Look, I assume that. I think that it'd be if it's a million fifty, and you got. 1.1 or something for it, then the gains on- 50 grand. 50 grand. Yeah. So, but anyway, he took the cash, right? Yeah, he did. So, he, he took the cash. So- um, Less dramas. Yeah, exactly. Less so, stress, insurance, yeah. theft, transport. Yeah. You don't have to deal with all that bullshit, I guess. But now the question is, what do LMCT do? Because I asked him about it and said, well, what do you mm. what do you do with the car if someone takes the cash? And just re- re-auction it. And he goes, no, nah, we can't re-auction it because we'll cop a lot of shit because everyone will think it's a rot. Yeah, what exactly. we're doing. So I wonder, you know, is that just staying in his collection now? What, uh, what yeah, well, I mean, um, yeah, look, uh, a guy did reach out through the week so um, about buying it, made an offer on it, and Adrian thought about it, said let me sleep on it, thought about it again, then said, nah, I'll keep it. So I, I think now because the red one's going up, there's a chance whoever wins that could keep it, and then he doesn't have any. So I think um, he'll determine. What happens after? Oh, if that? there was one, I'd let go. It's the red one out of those two, anyway. You know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, the red one is new, and you know, because the gold one now has got fourteen hundred k's or sixteen hundred k's on it. But I, I agree. I'd take the. I mean, I'd be keeping the light my fire one because it's known. Throughout. I think it's so, just a nicer color. I think it looks nice. Yeah, I, exactly. I looks, so looks nice. the um the red one just looks like a GDSR. So yeah, whereas, uh, and yeah, I think being. All the hype around the Light My Fire one, cover of magazine, everything, it's just it's the known one to have. So, yeah. Are they still worth a million? That's the next question, I guess. I mean, he's he kind of cornered the market by getting both of them. Um, yeah, so- um, Interesting to see where they go long term. And all I can say from collectors who have inquired, still reaching out, that they're willing to pony up that kind of money. So, and that's, and that's going to be the hardest thing because- um, Adrian's not strapped for cash and there's a high chance if you've got the red one, he probably will just keep both. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Driving the price by keeping both, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it was just interesting there yeah, that they got, you know, that kind of hype and, and went for that kind of price. You know, we, no one would ever saw that coming yeah. um, for, for a million plus for the W1 lose. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. And hopefully, hopefully, it'll be interesting just to see if whoever wins the W1 actually takes the car, not the cash. I assume yeah, it's the I same mean. price, 700K cash for that one as well. Is that what they're offering? Yeah, it is. Same. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully the next guy takes it, just see what see what he can do with it, and then maybe try to sell it on the secondary market. <laughs> That's it. On to uh, Bugatti. Yeah, last last podcast we spoke about the Rimats, which was the fastest production car in the world, still is, from Croatia, the Neveda. And apparently Bugatti and Rimats are going to merge under the name Bugatti Rim- Rimats. Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive. It's Oh, it's um look, I mean, this is just gonna be incredible. And and I think with all the partnerships with Porsche as well, that um yeah, we're just gonna see some absolute batshit crazy cars just coming out now. So I mean the um uh, yeah, just how this company's formed, whether they've been around ten years or something now. Yeah, they were they were real prototype for like a good five or six years and now they've yeah. they've, they've really got some legs under them. Yeah, to go this now, now with some massive backing behind it. Um, yeah, we've already seen these cars are just absolutely insane. So, um, yeah, well, they had well, the Goodwill Festival of Speed as well, actually, and it was just- Will the insane, name so. just be for the Rimats-based Bugattis or will it be for 
a whole fleet of, Bug- of, of Bugattis as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. So it's just everything's Bugatti Diamonds now moving forward, or is it just like, do you know what I mean? Just the. the- yeah, well, I've, well, that's the thing, I mean, it's, I think Bugatti will still have its own thing for, I guess, still the. With um, the Veyron and that, will that be yeah, the Bugatti Diamonds Veyron? Or will- well, it, it depends if the, uh, if, if the electric. Um, if it's a dual motor technology comes in, it's got the remark technology. Mm. Well, then I assume it'll be co-branded like that. So yeah, it's a big backing though, you know, to have those two aligned. Basically, yeah. we're the two. They are the two fastest production cars we've had in the last oh, exactly, couple of yeah. years. So that's just absolutely bonkers. It'll be interesting to see what they build, but just the build quality in the in the remarks. Need a bit bit more um, thinking on them and. You know, everything's handmade on that car. Everything's yeah. fully adjustable by knobs, like, like your, your independent yeah. suspension, you know, all your traction control. It's just like instantly adjustable. You know, it's just unbelievable. I saw the video with, with Nico Rosberg taking it for a spin with the owner and yeah. just a phenomenal machine. Um, like I said, I've got no chance of getting into it. But, yeah, just everything carbon fiber and I mean, it weighs nothing. Yeah. You can pretty, pretty much pick it up and throw it if you wanted to. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, it's, yeah, that – Nevada is just absolutely – it's still blowing my mind. Like, I watched that um, car wow video that many times and just how that takes – especially on the roll when he just slows down for plants the Ferrari it. To, and then he just plants it again and it's just gone. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and it's just something about being beaten by a car that makes no noise. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's just like – Yeah, the difference between it looks like the Ferrari to be up against a Golf GDI. It's honestly like that difference. It's just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well, we're from obviously the era of ra- ra- a loud rumble or, mm. or a spool or something that you could hear that's beating you. Like, oh, I get it. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, no, this thing just puts along. <laughs> Don't hear it coming. Just you just hear the Yeah. And it's gone. So. Oh, exactly. So. It'd be fun to watch where that all goes. There's a lot of a lot of car makers now, especially with everything going on that we spoke about, mm. um, struggling to get production out. I think we'll see more mergers down the line. You know, I think it's just getting to that point where. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. It's, um Yeah. Kind of like Amazon owns everything now. Shopping is going to be probably Amazon will buy every car deal the way they fucking go on. They own, <laughs> own everything else, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a GM or a Ford or, or you know Volkswagen, whoever it is, um, yeah. just start trying to accumulate different yeah, models no, of brands. Yeah, that's. I mean, we are starting to see the bubble effect of um, the Dieselgate scandals with the likes of your BMW and your Volkswagen and everything. Um, so, and now seeing sub-brands coming out, so just um, read the other day, so Cupra, which is, a, I think, evolution of Seat or whatever it was over in mm. Europe is, um, you know, they're, they're going to have cars out here next year, which is under the Volkswagen umbrella. So, I guess that when you got brands like Skoda now, like Skoda starting to produce some damn good cars, like the Skoda Octavia RS is a damn nice-looking, you know, wagon and sedan. Like, I think that the quality of them are getting better now. So, I think these brands are venturing down their own path still under that umbrella, but, uh, yeah, we could see mergers later on. With, Subsidiaries, um, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's an umbrella company that owns it all and it's still, yeah. it's still its own brand, but it's owned by someone else. Yeah, you know, exactly. So that's, and, that's the way the world's going. Yeah. You know, no difference like watches, how you've got, um, how was it? Louis Vuitton or whatever owns Tag, and then there's yeah. all the other brands and, and collabs. And you just don't know. Yeah, it's all it's all essentially every every big brand um, has you know they, they they buy smaller brands and it's under the same umbrella. It's kind of like um, they relaunched Fila and Kappa and all yeah. those Echo and all those brands, and they're all yeah. under one umbrella now that owns all those brands, and they're doing the re-releases of that stuff. But it's all it's all under one umbrella, so it's technically the same company yeah. that owns it all. But people don't have no idea, you know. Be, yeah, good to see brands get involved. From- yeah, get involved with all the cars again, like the old Reebok, yeah. <laughs> Reebok Pulsar yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> from years ago. And then was it the Adidas and Adidas did the thing with uh, the Golf GDI at one stage. Yeah, and Adidas was, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that, was, um, that was Volkswagen for a couple of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that'd be quite quite amusing. Yeah, you know, you notice some 
Devin Booker, the NBA Finals are on. For those that aren't basketball fans that just follow this because of the car chat, the NBA Finals are on, and Devin Booker is a is a car collector of sorts. He's um, more of the, the pitmobile type, boat type stuff that I've seen him in. Yeah. But, yeah, he caught your attention a little bit. He has. So, it's um, yeah, we you know, driving um, Impalas and, you know, like 64 Impalas and Buick Grand Nationals and so, but I, I look, I think it's a good thing just seeing these guys just turning up in, in cars like that. So, I guess we haven't really seen it since the days like Trace McGrady when he was turning up and, um, yeah, like we've spoken out with some other episodes, you kind of see some rookies that they'll get, you know, an S-Class and put some ten fifteen thousand $15,000 rims on it and head down that path, but it's actually good to see just nice custom cars just heading into these car parks instead of just the run of mill like, like you've said plenty of times, they all just end up driving the same thing. It's just yeah. one gets a Bentley, then seven players got Bentleys. And I think the other thing is, as an NBA player, there's a lot of guys that just don't know the ins and outs of old school cars. So I think they're just yeah. scared to get involved in it because, number one, they, they don't drive that well. You don't yeah. know how to drive, no power steering, no power brakes. Mm-hmm. Generally, you can't obviously get them custom to you know new drive line and all that kind of stuff in today's technology in an old shell, which a lot of guys do, but there's still a lot of maintenance and you know you got to kind of know what you're doing, no no pricing, so you're not getting ripped off. And I think that's why a lot of guys steer away. I think they, they dabble and they realize like, oh, I'm yeah. good. I want to get away from this. Yeah. Um, but th- there wasn't a lot. You know, when I played, there was, you know, most of the car collectors in the league were or late model stuff. I mean, Dan Gadzarich, who I played with in Milwaukee, he had a nice car collection of, you know, he had a, um, a Charger and a few other cars. Yeah. Um, so, he was he was into it. Um, but, yeah, not many guys were into into the old school stuff. It was always the new Porsches and yeah. um, Ferraris and Lambos and that kind of stuff. That's as far as it got. So, yeah, it's nice to see. And I, I don't think it'll be a trend that starts anytime soon though in the NBA. Yeah. I, I just think they don't. I mean, I'd, yeah, especially like in finals, I'd be thinking he'd have to be living – Damn close and have some good roads in for your cooling systems and everything because the last thing you want to do if you're stepping further out yeah, and stop. cars overheating and you're heading away to the finals. So. Oh, it's happened to me. I drew. Yeah. I, I lived about thirty minutes from um, from practice in, in Milwaukee and I took out. I got a, I had a Z twenty eight sixty nine Camaro. Um, yeah. Still got it blue with white white stripes and um, yeah, it was was pulled onto the highway and the, the clutch. Clutch completely let go, it was gone, burnout clutch, and nothing was just cruising, idling at yeah. 55 and just bang, just gone. And put, like, what the hell's going on? And just came to a stop, and that was it. That's all she wrote. So I had to call my missus, have her meet me at the car. And then what was funny about that was I don't think it was registered. Now I had a Chev Nova at the time as well, and I had um, at the gold one, the gold one, and I, I had Nova Kane, was it? Yeah, but yeah. Yep. Yep, and I had um, that had registration on it. I sent that back to Australia, so I was like, I'll just put those plates on the Camaro so I can take it for a spin. Yeah. So it breaks down on the freeway. Cop, you know, in, in the states, as soon as you break down, a cop shows up, make sure no one hits you and all that shit. Yeah. So he's like, license and registration check me. I'm like, oh shit, plate is to a to a Chev Nova. Yeah. Didn't notice because it was Chev for Chev, different yeah. color. Yeah. But probably thought custom. He's repainted it. Didn't didn't even ask me. And I was like, I was yeah. so scared. I was like, fuck. Like I've, got a, I've got, essentially got a fake plate on the fucking thing. <laughs> it was full rego and everything, but it was just from a different car. Yeah, because I wanted to take it for a spin and the clutch blows. And then yeah, my missus came out. She had to wait for the tow truck. I basically took a took her car and had to get the training. And then you know she waited until the car got picked up on a tow in, and then then Ubered wow. back to the house. So Jeez. yeah. Valid point. Like, that was the scariest thing for me. <laughs> like, that's why a lot of times I just didn't drive the old schools to games because I was yeah. like, I might not make it. Oh, it'd be. Might not make it. I just think that everything else, you're 
psyching yourself up prep wise everything for a game last thing you the last thing I, think I agree that, totally yeah. happened to me numerous just times and that's why I was just like it. you know what I've, I've just saved it more for training days where I yeah, knew, yeah, exactly. I knew I had a buffer if it did break down and yeah. whatever but yeah as far as as far as uh, games went I was like eh, I'll, just, I'll just leave that in the garage it's just yeah. not worth it oh exactly Q&A's yeah we've got um, a fair few good ones actually go for it First one here from Liam. Uh, hey, boys, loving the car chat and got me thinking. As I'm getting older now, I'm living the dad life and need a mix of a family and fun car. If you have 50K to spend, what would you buy? My pick has always been an SS, but now we don't have that option. Because oh, the price are going through the roof, obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah, we obviously need four doors with a family and fun car. Or you get a Kia Carnival and put a blower in it. Be your <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know, 50K. Oh, look, I mean, um, it's a tough one. Around that for kind of the fun factor, I think about it. And look, are a bit on the small side, but what comes to mind straight away is to just probably go driving if you haven't already. Um, Golf R Wagon, I just want to think that, you know, depending on how young your kids are, but you still got to boot. Still do all the family fun stuff, still a very, very quick car and insane with the tune. So, and then if you do need bigger, you've got the Passat R-Line Wagon. They have jumped up a fair bit in price now, but um, yeah, the 206 R-Line, fun car once again, you know, so same engine, tune it, intake, everything that launched very, very quick with tunes anywhere from, um, yeah, high threes to high threes to low four, zero to 100. You know, so what more could you really want? So you got the fuel economy, you got all the tech. The tech in the Volkswagens are insane. Build quality ticks, so it ticks all the boxes in the sense there. So, and if um, you are at the point, don't want to tune them, right, they got five year warranty. So, around now, so yeah, that's if you're getting the 2018 plus. What do they go at? So. What do they go at? Were they running at it for a 2018, 2019? Yeah, if, um, 40, 45, 50 yeah, grand. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've, I've had a couple of Golf R's, had a Passat um, 206 Airline Wagon. That's what I just kind of think for a missus to get in. Drive every day that you want to get in. You're still quick, hassle still free, able to yeah. take hassle free, or drive. Hey, that that'd be my personal pick. Yeah, there you go. I mean, yes, some people would look down the SRT8 range for a second hand one, but yeah, I heavily advise against that. So you know, yeah. people might think that you're getting a big banger car that's six, seven, eight years old, but those those things are notorious for problems once yep. that warranty expires. So I'd, I'd stay away from that if that's in your thinking as far as muscle, because it can be appealing. You test drive it, yep. it, it rumbles, it's loud, it mm-hmm. drives crazy. But you know, as we've spoken about before, you know, the, even the V12 Bentleys and all that, there's a reason why they drop like a, a ton of bricks when the warranty's up because you have mm-hmm. one cylinder going that motor. Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. You're you're in all sorts. So yeah, on to um next one from Heath. Um lads got my first muscle car, V E S S V. Um and go and uh going shopping for some car care products. Any you recommend? Zimmel. Yeah, so Zimmel <laughs> Concourse. Absolutely love that. Um but look for this one here, I'd say at the moment, um I've been uh using all the Leno's garage stuff. So um, you know, shout out to the boys, Leno's garage. So I went out and saw them and um they gave me a whole heap to test and, and I'll swear by the stuff at the moment. So um, that's look and, and just keep in mind here that a lot of the best stuff isn't just available in your local cheap, auto barn or yeah. super cheap. So um, so jump online and look, it does come down to as well for what type of, you know, the condition of your car, what levels you really got to go to. But, um, you know, look for an SSV there, I'd say, for the price of Leno's garage stuff. Um, yeah, definitely hit up those boys and, um, yeah, and it, it will change your life around for the price of that with the quality of the products. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's 
the stuff in super cheap is good for a quick wash on just a standard car. But yeah, if you want that proper shine and, and wax, like, you know, you're not getting it from those stores really. So yeah, you know, and you got to spend a bit more coin. Yeah, and that, and that is um, probably some other advice about it. if you um, if you are getting the car, you know, it could be black, heavily swirled or whatever. Spend a bit of money actually, get it detailed and corrected properly first. So get all the paint looking schmick, and then um, then go to town on it because uh, you can make a dog's breakfast of it pretty quick if you um, haven't been handy with the buff and everything in the past. So it's another one. So uh, one from Steve Ross. Um, here we go, Volkswagen. I'm thinking about buying a Volkswagen Golf R. Do you think I should crunch a deal on a Mark 7.5 or wait for the Mark 8? Worried I'll rip up money if I buy now. Um, Same conversation we had earlier. You know, well, when's the new one get here? Well, that's you know? the thing that, um, Steve, for this here, it's do you need the car now? Because the Mark 8 Golf R ain't here till about March uh, March next year. So, at best, yeah. At best. So then with the weight on them, with parts, could blow it even further. So I think it's one of those things when every brand new model comes out, you're paying premium top dollar for it. So if you need a car now, buy the 7.5 now, still great. I've had one, awesome cars, tech's good, everything in it. Like I said before, no issues. So um, Especially if you crunch, if you can crunch a good deal, you might yeah. get your money back in a year's time and then still get into that new one if you wanted to. Maybe you lose a grand, you know. So Yeah, exactly. So I'd be, yeah, hard question there, mate, um, because, yeah, I don't know if you need it now, but, um, yeah, I'd just be buying now if, because why wait? You yeah. probably will be waiting year plus easy so yeah and whatever the dealers are quoting had a few months if not COVID yep. tax on on the timeline just because it's it's a shit show as we said with with the, with the chips mm-hmm. and stuff everything's delayed hearing even on imports there's a lot of a lot of ships that are getting you know waiting in long lines to even come through customs if they get through some of them getting turned back you know so that's the way everything's going yep definitely next one i'll go uh this is from luke my dad has a hsv sports cat that i can get for a decent price when his lease is up should i buy this for investment since it's last hsv thanks and love the podcast i think i know the answer to this one <laughs> hsv sport cat for an investment um yeah oh, look luke i mean buy it if you like it as an investment no <laughs> nah yeah, sorry, um, sorry to be blunt, but as an investment, no, I just don't think there's any. These are sticker pack. Nah, man, it's Colorado's um, essentially. The- yeah, look, they did some suspension tweaks, um, wheels and yeah. things, but look, it's not an exciting HSV to own. So just think about it, Luke. Is that something that um, if you're around a group of mates talking about, hey, I've got a Malou, another one, oh, I've got a Club Sport, another mate's got a GDS. What do you got, Luke? A HSV Sports Cat. Are you going to be proud saying that? I don't think so. So, I mean, this, I chalk this up with the likes of when um, HSV did the Jackaroo and, um, yeah, the HSV Astro and a few other ones. Oddball thing, got them through the point of, um, yeah, look, there was no more V8s and things to double with. They could get their hands on some Colorados, double with them, some good income stream until, um, you know, the Rams and the um, Silverados and the Camaros all took off. So it's going to be a forgotten child. All right thing if you like it and you're going to be going out driving it every day and you're a trading or you need to tow, you need to do other bits and pieces, you get it for a great deal, drive it and enjoy it. But, yeah. Definitely not an investment. Not a park and store car for no. sure. All right, next one. Hi, boys. My mate's brother is looking to sell some cars. Has a manual VNSS and has an auto VS clubby. Both are clean cars with similar kilometers. Wants the same dollars for each car. What would you buy, Adam? Adam, do you like the VNSS or do you like the VS clubby? So <laughs> hard one here, mate. So, I mean, look, both, both have... It's specific run of um, collectors. So, I mean, uh, manual VNSS, 
is Atlas Grey Phoenix Red? Is it white? Is it a HSV enhanced one? Like, what is it um, versus the VS Clubby? So, is it just some um, cloth trim, no sunroof, run of the mill kind of color, or is it a cherry black one? So, it's hard to really tell here, but let's just say, like for like, let's just say it was a high, de- you know, high demand white VNSS versus a cherry black VS Clubby. I personally. I'm a massive fan of the VSHSVs. I'd take I'd take a cherry black clubby um, over a white VNSS manual, even though the manual's fun. I get it, cool factor, but I personally like the HSVs more. So it's really down to mate. Drive both, go and have a look at both of them. Really sit back and just go, what one do you visually like more? What one do you um, see yourself driving more? What are you going to be happy with? So yeah, just because of that, that to me is just see you taking a manual versus an auto thing. Manual's always going to be more demand over an auto, but um, I just think being... Um, being a HSV clubby, it is a build number car versus a, just a run-of-the-mill production car. So, yeah. Pretty simple, that one. I'm in the HSV and HGT enthusiast group and followed Justin's advice on insurance and went with Famous. Mm. Since they aren't renewing anymore, who do you guys recommend? And bring back top stories of the week, Justin. That's from Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have been getting slammed over the top stories. So, for um, those listeners out there, so it was just a simple thing used to do um, every week um, when I was more hands-on running that group all the time. Um, so, I kind of go through the funny standout posts of the week and kind of um, yeah, put take it into, uh, take the piss and put it into a st- top story. So, But uh, thanks for sending this through, Steve. But um, yeah, look, I mean, Bogan and I were both uh, with Famous Insurance. Um, yeah, we've um, started getting the tap on the shoulder about um, them wrapping all this up. And I literally just got... Um, a letter today for the last one of my cars with them, the, the my Typhoon Aspect, they're no longer renewing. So I jumped over to Shannon's, um, Choice Repair, crunched a good deal with them, moving everything over to them. Um, that's who I went with. It. Who are you with? Enthusiast. Enthusiast, Yeah, okay. I went back to Enthusiast. So yep. through a broker, I mean, they do a good deal on as good as they could on um, – you know, on a bulk amount of cars because yep. obviously my insurance is unique because I've got a bunch of cars in the collection that aren't really driven. They're driven probably less than a thousand kilometers a year. So, but the insurance companies don't care about that. They still try to sting me for full, full clip. But, yeah. um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's at what I, it's insured for what I want it to be insured for each and every individual car. And it's getting, it's, you know, my policies, to be honest, over the last 18 odd months has probably doubled. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy, you know, just because the, there's not many underwriters that are willing to take the risk anymore. And with COVID and everything, there's these big insurers now that are buying up all the little ones and they're kind of cornering the market to themselves. And yeah, I mean, it's it's almost, I think it's, yeah, it's almost double, almost very, very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually wondering where it's going to hit that ceiling of agreed value on these cars. So, I mean, it'd be like, Let's just say I jumped online now and paid four hundred and ten thousand for that red just GDSR, the one that's not a W one. Yeah. <laughs> I paid that. What could I get that insurance for? Yeah. You know, so I think that um it's the stage like I mean, I heard murmurs earlier on talking to um, you know, a few of the guys involved in insurance that there was guys just getting like VX club sports and things and saying they driving and they cracked a front bar or something yeah. because they've already bought the car with damage. They want to get a new front bar and these things are happening and kind of taking the piss out of it all. And um, it's stemmed to the point whereas there are a lot of insurers just knocking these cars back or just putting substantial excesses on them, whereas you're going to be paying more than if you try yeah. and hunt down a front bar or something because Yourself. no parts around. Like I said, if you're just parking in a store this car, what is a collected tuck-away car versus um, an actual – Pure enthusiast collector car, like you know, say the VN Group A 
versus the VNSS that um, you know Adam was just asking about before. So, so I'm insuring the mm-hmm. VNSS like that to full collector car, trying to put crazy dollars on them. Yeah, insurance company is going to start seeing through all that. Just, I think insurance yeah. have realised a lot of these cars, like you said, you can't get part like the Holden yeah. stuff, HSV, GM stuff here. Yep. Even your Australian built Fords, you just cannot get you cannot get parts for it. Yeah. So it's like, yep. Once it gets to the point where it needs to be machined or custom made, you're in some trouble. Oh, yeah, Insurance yeah. going to go through the roof. Exactly. So, and that and that's hard to see with these cars already starting to, um, you know, you have those wear and tear. We're seeing, you know, VX Club Sports asking, you know, forty thousand dollars plus that have got two hundred thousand dollars, you know, two hundred thousand plus kilometers on the yeah. clock. It's you know, insurance can't things. touch that. Like really. Yeah. Yeah. Last one from Liam. This is, I have a VKSS and thought about doing a resto on it and getting it bang on. Only thing that crossed my mind is if I do that, I won't want to drive it. What would you do? Well, the fun of every person that restores a car to Mickey Mouse, if you're you're restoring it to mint, that first stone chip's going to hurt your soul. That's just the way it goes. Exactly. So, um, oh, look, Liam, it's, um, yeah, Bogut and I and other mates have spoken about this plenty of times before. So, I had a car called King GM that was built to summon that show quality. It was an award-winning car. And I could tell you now, the stress of just driving that car, um, like Berg was just saying, stone chips, everything that goes along parking with it. it. So, yeah, parking it um, was the same with the W427. Something you did hit you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, just- you have that stress. Whereas with the VSGDS, it's that you know 100,000K car that had some paintwork and things before, Presented nice, looks nice, everything, but it wasn't show quality. So if I drove that, got a stone chip, doesn't really phase me too much, you know. Mm. So it's like the aspect Typhoon's got forty nine thousand kilometers on it. So, but I'll still drive that down. Um, you know, I took that for a run down to sale and back, no carbride, no nothing. So just coats and coats of Zymol Concourse yeah. on that car. Um, but keep your distance, drive it, enjoy it. But it's to the point whereas it's a respectable car. Guy had it before me, cleaned all underneath. It was a show, show winning car, but it's still got some marks on it. So uh, I think that's one of those things you can restore the car, but what are you going to do with it? Are you going to restore it and enjoy it, or are you trying to get it for a show quality car? So I think if the car presents nice and you've got a lot of pride with it and you can drive it and it still puts a smile on your face, probably keep it. You know, because let's be honest, a good paint job is anywhere north of $20,000 plus. Um, and then you're going to have probably other bits and pieces if you are pulling the car apart. You know, you've, um, you know, you might break clips and do other bits and pieces that goes along with it and it can open a can of worms. Is it worth it? But if it's doing your head in and you're not happy with the car, but it's um, the bones are good and you do have sentimental value, I mean, I don't know if this is your dad's old car or something or there's that handed down family heirloom where you can't sell it because sometimes you get a way up. What are you going to get for this car versus do you cash in on this car? Move on. Yeah. Add some other, um, add the excess money to it that you're going to spend on the rest and go buy one already part done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so there's other ways to cut it. Um, so just really sit back and go, if you enjoy it, Put a smile on your face, drive it because uh, the resto opens an absolute can of worms. Yeah, and a full resto. So if it's, you know, we all get picky and I think once you get digging into a, into yeah. a full resto, you're like, oh, let me do that even more, mint. Let exactly. me do that even better. Yep. Never ends. And I, I mean, my advice would be restore it to a, to a nice level. I wouldn't go concourse just because yeah. it's- oh, exactly. Unless you're passionate, your passion is car yeah. shows and winning those, yeah. those little, and that's, little yeah. trophies you get. That's a different and that's story. Thing, it could just be closed or anything because I know with me, if I'm at the point, if I'm going, fuck it, this engine's coming out, I might as well start, might as well get a freshen up do on it. it. Do it, man. Because yeah. you do that whole car, in, and then you're going to be looking at the engine going, shit, I can't put all this back yeah. in. No. 
let's paint the block, let's yeah, put yeah, on your hose, yeah, let's it, just yeah, do everything, yeah, yeah. let's yep. get on to stick this and redo all the stickers in the bay. You know, yeah, so. that's why I think a mild a mild resto isn't the end of the world. Um, get it to drive nice, get it to look good. But if someone's sticking their head underneath, it's not perfect. I think that's the way to go, in my opinion. If, if you're going to drive the car, the last thing you want to do is restore the you know your only muscle car or collector car to a point where you where you're in Justin's position of like uh, it's, it looks like it's going to rain. I'm not going to take it out, or don't want to park in a shopping center, so you can't really use it for anything. Do errands, or you know you can't go long distance because of stone chips. Probably probably don't bother at that point, unless like I said, you're a ten out of ten all about going to car shows and cleaning trophies. Then obviously you go concourse. Yeah. But any other reason, I, I wouldn't go concourse. Spot on. Story time. What do you got? Yeah, so um, when you were a repo man, I got standover into, man. I got into thinking about this because did you see what I messaged you the other day about the um, the group chats with the guys selling the cars? You know, yeah, did yeah. You see that? All right. So got me thinking of this. So I'm in this car Facebook Messenger group, and then um, just seeing this dude just starts posting up, just going. Actually, it was a sports cat. It was like twenty something thousand dollars, and then there's a um, 2018 SGI for like twenty one thousand dollars, and everything. Just gone. Fuck these cars are cheap. What's going on here? So I message back going, "What are these hot or something?" He goes, "Nah, these cars have still got finance owing on them." So I was like, what "The fuck, you can't sell a car still with finance owing." He goes, well, "Well, you can if you disclose it." So what that means, people, is. Um, Happened plenty of time when I was involved in a lot of repo stuff. There's a lot of people will buy cars with fake IDs and other bits and pieces, you know, using payslips from their cousin's concreting company and everything <laughs> can go through. Or some just getting these cars on the finance and just pissing off overseas. So obviously there is a lot of work in doing the repo stuff to track down cars. Um, so um, and it actually got to a point going, I've got a, and I thought I'd get into this because I had a mate who bought a E63S a few years ago. And he was driving around the same thing. This car had financing on it. He bought it off a mate um, from up in Sydney and he was driving around down here. And I, so I thought, going, oh, look, I remember to do this. That's his business. But I thought, fuck it. Get in this. I'll give him a call and go, what made you want to do that? And I thought, God, all right. So done the call because I thought, I'll get in and talk about this. And it just all just got me thinking, why? And this is his reason. The same car at the time in the used car market, 170000 Okay. Right. For that. So yeah. he goes, and he worked it out going, all right. So if I bought that, what am I going to lose in the year? So just a year of owning that car on depreciation averaged about 55000 in depreciation. Okay. He picked up this same car with still finance owing on it for 80000 So he goes, how well, much finance? No, he just, well, that, he doesn't know. What's going on? But he just paid eighty grand for gotcha. it. That's finance owing it, but he drives it around. So it's to the point going. All right, so paying eighty grand, but I'm going to lose fifty five thousand a year, and then flying on from that. So obviously you got the depreciation on. It. So he goes, man, if I could just get away with driving it for the year, well then it's already catching up close to this eighty eighty thousand I pay for the car. He ended up driving the car for three years right. before he ended up just selling it to another guy. So he never got busted driving the car, but he's paid eighty grand. So he goes, if I held. That 170000 plus interest plus a depreciation going to be having on driving this car that I've gone and bought legitimately under finance. Yeah. I'm well ahead driving the E63 for three years. But you just got to hide so, from the repo man, right? Exactly. You just got to hide from the repo man. <laughs> and that would do my head and go, man, I know what I was like just remembering, especially if I had some guy going, fuck you, you dog, you'll never find this car, man. I remember those number plates. I'd be like, I had plenty of times out. Just random times like, oh, there it is. Yeah, I actually remember like driving down Chapel Street with Am one day and I followed this dude in an Evo 7 once just going, fucking hell, I've 
I'm after that car and I got it and followed him and ruined our whole dinner plans like for a night because I'm actually out <laughs> trying to find a car. So these things happen. But yeah, I just thought that was mind-boggling the why behind that. And legitimately in this group chat, there's guys going, hey, can you get me a C63S? How much for an M3? Oh, how much for fucking GD3? Jeez. I'll just fucking track the car. Whatever. Who cares? Like, you know, yeah, 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 like yeah. as soon as I start going, hey, is to do this and be after these sort of things. Oh, but would you ever come down to the racetrack? Like, would I be able to get away with it down there? Yeah. Like, all these things come up and go, I'm fuck, man. Oh, I could build an M3 tour. I could go get a station wagon, yeah, yeah, yeah. buy this and put all the running gear into it. No, Reggie, just so, on a track. Yeah, exactly. Day, yeah. So, all this bubbled away. But, um, yeah, I thought, hey, well, I'll find out the why behind that and then get into this BF Cobra repo story. So, in my time in doing, um, being, being involved in the repo stuff, so there was kind of, Three full standout stories, but this is probably my number one ever just a fucking wow. All right. So this is when the BF Cobras were first coming out. Like when this was all the kind of height of it all when the, you know, the XC Cobra prices were all going through the roof. We had the GDHOs pulling crazy money and then um, FPV pretty much bought out their sticker pack Cobras at the time. And they, this is when it first started. You, you get these cars for like 70-odd thousand. We're seeing a list of 120 plus. You know, some are yep. even asking, you know, high hundreds for still the cars with the plastic on them. It was all yep. it was all happening at the time. So this was a standout car to me when, you know, was one repayment was made on the car, then none at all. You know, so I was kind of like, oh, fuck, here we go. But it was a standout to me because I was just like, holy shit. You know, it was a, you know, manual BF, you know, BF Cobra, cool thing to have. Yep. Um, so- I was intrigued and said, want this file, let me work on it. So got to work doing the ring around. So obviously when you go for finance, um, you know, you've got to, you know, I guess you've got you got to put where you work, your addresses, um, you gotta put down names and numbers, any relatives, you know, your nearest listing um relative, whatever down. So we started doing the skip tracing, everything everything behind this car. Ring this guy's um, number, could never get on to the guy. Gone out to the address, they're like, no, nah, I haven't seen him for ages, doing the whole kind of follow off behind it. So, working this file for probably four or five months, ringing all the references, everything, and then just got a call out of the blue one day from the guy's cousin. And he goes, Oh, look, man, I understand you've been trying to find him. Yeah, look, don't know what's happened with him, but he hurt his back really, really bad. Like, he does concreting and everything, as you know, but he hurt his back really, really bad. And he's been on pain meds and everything, but kind of pain meds. Has led to he started, um, yeah, other abusive drugs and he's got onto the ice, you know. But he's fucked. Just so you know, he's a really, really good guy. Just worried about his whole mental um, health behind us. So if you do speak to him, just, you know, just try yeah, and be, take um, it easy. yeah, just take it easy on him and everything like that. And we'll try and do what we can. So, you know, we don't want a bad name for our family in the background. We're respecting the community. Lived out in Daninong, but um, <laughs> respecting the community out there. Yeah. So I thought, no, look, this guy sounds real legitimate, caring, everything from going, yeah, cool. So working with him and he, he'd just ring me every couple of days just going, oh, I'm going around and I understand he knows a few guys in the car scene. I'm going around to just shops and things he knows. Everyone's seen the car. He's probably hidden it somewhere. Going around to his friends' places. You know, this is um, MySpace times. I'm on his MySpace and just checking who he might know, seeing if we can see any photos. Like he's like he's doing all the legwork behind for the car. So we're going, cool. Um, thanks, man. Um, you know, if you're here, I think keep me in the loop. We're still trying to do our thing. Um then probably like two weeks later, he rings me and goes, oh, I found the car. I'm going, fuck, man, awesome. And he goes, oh, look, you know, um, he goes, oh, I, you know, I'm pretty sure I know what it is, good and bad to it, but just come meet me down here, you know. So, and I'm like, where is it? And he goes, oh, he goes, it's my other cousin's factory down in Keysborough. 
And he goes, but I reckon it's down the back, like underneath the car cover and everything like that. But, um, you know, you want to come down and just check it out. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Gone down there and it was a rolling shell. Like <laughs> nothing. Like literally sitting on taxi interceptors. You could tell it was like the Cobra, right? Yeah, it was like but full fucking shell. Like, yeah. I mean, like. You just, it was just a ute skeleton, essentially. So, oh, this was a sedan oh, sorry, one. Sorry, but, yeah, sedan, um, sedan, sorry. Yeah, but it was just pretty much just a fucking full rolling shell. Like, yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm talking the point, it's not like just actual doors are off the car and everything. So, and he goes, oh, man, he just, fuck, his addiction must be bad. He's just selling the parts and <laughs> like for it. It's like, fuck. All right. So, take some photos for it, send them through to, um, sent those off to the finance company at the time and said, look, you know, here's the update on the car. They're like, cool. And then four or five days later, the cousin rings me again going, look, you know, not sure if it helps. I don't know what I even want for it, but obviously that I was looking up on car sales. I guess I'm not big into cars, but I'm seeing these cars are worth a bit of money. So I'm not sure if the shell would be worth anything, but, um, can I, is there a way? Could I buy it? Does that help at all? And I'm like, look, man, being that, um, yeah, have to get a value on it, but I can got all the photos. I'll send them through to the finance company, and we'll just get a value on it. Like we'll find out what it is, and comes back and he goes, "Oh, look, um, goes, oh, what if I offer like four grand for it or something?" And I'll go, "Oh, no. and he goes, "Oh, fuck it." He goes, "Offer six grand for the show." I don't. He goes, "Obviously, that does that go off his loan?" I said, "Yeah, I mean, obviously that still goes a credit to it, but mate, he's yeah." So he goes, "Look, if it helps, I'll just do that. I'll buy the shell, and then hopefully, if he, you know." Comes around one day, you know, it was his dream car and I've got it at least that way when he cleans himself up. Could be a project for us one day, you know, help him out. I'm going, all right. Submit it through finance companies to go straight away. Yeah, cool. We'll take it. You know, but so you don't take the you don't take the the lean the, the lean off. Yeah, so that's what happens. So because that's um that's paid, the encumbrance is then taken off the car. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So gone, he's got cool. all the parts. Yeah. yeah. So that happens. So he's got it. That car's now got a clean title on it. And then he's going, cool, helps out. That's all done. Then literally once all that's done, I never got onto the cousin again and I'm trying to ring, have you further heard any information? Never heard from the cousin again, nothing. Like all these guys, other guys' mobile numbers disconnected. <laughs> and the cousin's number ends up being disconnected. Kid you not, two and a half fucking weeks later, I'm searching through. Up on car sales, this whole car is back together. <laughs> Yes. Scrolling through because I've seen it. There's a fucking photo of the gear of the of the gearbox underneath it. Bang! There's a fucking build number the of build that number. Car. Yep. Holy Clean. fuck! Done. So the name still has a. a so the guy name. who's bought it under finance. Yeah. So his name he gets a default on there. Everything. So Can't get but that, that's what happens. Yeah. So look, gets a point now that and. I'll be honest, like in this community of it, it's how they, it's how a lot of them do it. It's how they get ahead. So yeah. I've still got mates today that do all that kind of shit. So yeah. throughout, so one, they send one name under, he could end up pissing off overseas or something, comes yeah. back after the seven years. And they, and that's the thing, it's cycling back through. You know, that car was up for, I think it was like 145 grand at the time. If they get a fuck 120 grand, that's 120 grand clear. Like that's done. Yeah. So you've got one dude, he's got a default. Others fine. Circles back around. You got a large family. You do that multiple times. Yeah, you know, every seven build, years. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Build some fucking wealth. Comes back out later on. You know, discharge yeah. bankrupt. Starts back on track again. Family help him out, prop him yeah. up. So used to see the same thing. A lot of a lot of uni students would do it. Yeah, so they they work. Go do the same kind of thing. Bang! They decided, hey, I'll go off to uni. Like just done the same thing. Scammed finance companies. 
No. 80 grand plus in the bank, live off it. Yeah, it's a good so, one. I'm yeah, surprised, so I'm that, surprised they, they took the encumbrance off and let him buy it before they didn't get a sniff, like, hang on, something's- Yeah, well, it's kind of one of those things. You, you send that through to the auction as a rolling shell. Like, if they said no, like- Yeah, they're not yeah, getting that back. Just, yeah, they're not getting that back. So, the fees involved and everything to take that to an auction house, it's just no point. And it's just the, the logistics, even just the getting yeah. on, how do you get it on a truck, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. So, so, good little reward if you can get it. Right? Oh, exactly. So, um. Probably a face on another coin because it come come to mind was one actually when we're chasing two M two M threes. These are the E forty six M threes at the time. Two cousins. brothers. Oh yeah, I think you've told this story. Yeah, so um, went out and finally tracked one down. So I guess the hardest thing when it came down to this with um, the, you've got your two different loan types. There's um, you've just got a personal loan, then there's a higher purchase. So if you, this was at the time of the higher purchase, you could literally go up to a driveway and you need to actually get. Um, like you can't even go grab that car out of uh, yeah. out of a private property. So it was a hard thing at the time, but um, we're chasing these um, these M3s around and finally cornered the guy one day, like we found it, and um, he just goes, cool, have a look at it, nice tidy car, and just kind of mocking me a bit. I'm just kind of going, all right, and um, had another guy out at the time, um, Colin, another repo guy, and he's just kind of just rolling his eyes a bit going around and he just goes, um, all right, so what are you going to do, get a tow truck? You're taking it? So we're like, yeah, of course we are because that thing wasn't a private property. It's ours. I cornered the car in and like blocked it in with two cars. And he goes, one thing, check the engine number. And we're going, why is that? And then remember, um, the guy goes, okay, going in and popped the bonnet and going around. And he <laughs> first thing, just looking, he goes, where's the fucking engine number? Like trying to find this. And he goes, where well, it is over, over there. And the guy showed us and he goes, what's the engine number you got on file? And we just gone. We just looked at each other, going, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, he swapped and them. he goes, "Yep." So he goes, "Swap the engines." So he goes, "Dual encumbrance." So this with finance company A, and he goes, um, "If you ever find my uh, cousin one day, you'll find the engine for this in his car." So you ain't <laughs> never fucking getting these cars, mate. So like Jesus Christ. So that's obviously legwork to it. I have to try and track down who that other finance yeah, company is. Yeah, still got to bother. Yeah, exactly. You're stuck in the point car, man. Well, you got dual encumbrances there, so you literally have to try and get both cars together at the same time. Get all involved over the pits, assess it all. Actually, so you couldn't take that car and try to find the other one. No, can't touch it. Can't touch it because another finance company owns that engine. So, oh, it's good. There's good rorts out there, man. Oh, exactly. So they're kind of well. There you go. So in the lead up to that, a lot of shit happens, and fucking that blew my mind. So yeah. I mean, yeah. no, matter, no matter how they legislate things, even the finance companies, there's always going to be someone that's one step ahead, one step smarter. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's way that. Um, so what happens as well? There's this thing called um, when a loan actually becomes statute bar. So you hit to the point here, like um, last I checked, was um, seven years here. So if you get a car. And you go hide that car for seven years, it gets to the point that once you can get it and drive around again, then the finance company's no longer got an interest within that vehicle. So another thing was happening, and um, I haven't checked the legalities behind, but what was happening with a lot of high-end ones, if we ever saw through the books, there's like a Ferrari or something came up, there was certain finance slash prestige dealerships that kind of had that had those arms are kind of known for it at the time that they were doing a lot of scams that they were getting um, contracts signed in the Northern Territory because in the Northern Territory, it's two years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. there's a lot of them just getting it. These high-end Ferraris, Lamborghinis, everything like that because they kind of knew they hid those cars for two years after that. It was kind of a free one of those cars. So, yeah. they were gone. So, whenever we saw it, you straight away, high-end Ferrari, 
Suddenly, yeah, lone sign in the Northern Territory. We ain't finding this yeah, car. Don't, that, don't, that's, don't even that's bother. That's in a container or a garage or a factory somewhere. Yeah, you don't even bother. Yeah. So that's that's gone. So Yeah, I wonder if they've uh, changed the, the years in Northern Territory. Yeah, I'd have territory. to look into that, but um, yeah. Oh, I was always away, man. I was always away with everything. So exactly. and, and look, at times you don't feel sorry that much for the finance companies, for some of these finance companies that are just pillaging people with- Oh, Yeah. You know, they know what they're doing at times and it's, you know, it is legal what they're doing, but it's at times you frown upon it when they know, they know they're giving loans to people that, yeah. hey, we're going to see you in three months to take your car. There's no way you can pay it. Oh, exactly. Well, that's, that's legislation has tightened up around that, which is good and it has in the States as well. Yeah. Um, back in the GFC where the housing crisis down there was that exact reason that they yeah. were, they were giving the- loans to people knowing that. Oh, exactly. And look, it's a lot harder now that you even go for loans. You know, there's a lot of times that, um, yeah. you know, that they'll give you that money hand over fist. So I used to do car loans ages ago. You'd see, you know, I remember seeing one guy saying he was on 177 grand a year working a freaking fish and chip shop. And I was like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, you see these kind of things going, all right. So you're a manager of a fish and chip shop. Wink, you're wink, this, fish and chips. And you want to buy a new M3. Yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but. Now it's tax returns, everything else. So it's hard, very, very hard to go through it. So, um, you know, that even just going for my last mortgage. So I was on JobKeeper for a proportion of last year and they're asking for a letter Brilliant. from the employer of asking for- Shit, I went through it. I, yeah. went, I went, I just wanted a, I wanted just a, a draw facility linked to my bank account just in case, you know, I'm moving my cash around with different investments at times and I've got investments that sometimes if I call the cash, it might take two weeks to get out or, yeah. or a month to get out. So I, I, I wanted to get a, a withdrawal account that, you know, has cash in it in case I see a car or, or property. They're like, oh, I need, I need to get this. It's cheap or whatever. Yep. Bang. I got the cash ready and the hoops I had to jump through, like not spruiking my name or whatever, but like it's well known I've got a little bit of cash and it was like, yeah. shit, I had to tick these boxes and go through this and back checks. And it took took weeks. It took me like, you know, weeks and yeah. weeks and weeks. And even the bank manager was like, private mm-hmm. bank manager at um, CBA was like, you know, apologies, but we have to do this now. It's like a long process that we got to make sure we, you know, dot our I's and cross our T's. And I was just like, geez, it's fair enough. I get it. But yeah. at the same time, like, you know, and they were like, then they were like, you know, kind of nickel and diamond me on the amount of money as well. And I was just like, man, Crazy. like, well, what's going on? But they, yeah. they have to do it. There's a lot Your of Your mom was dragging off for like seven, eight weeks. Mm, or something. It takes and, ages. But the, I cracked it in the end and I had to say to my broker, go, I'm fucking hell. Like, you just get a full list. I want to go, if you get, all of this list filled, you get your approval. Yeah. Not ask for something. Two weeks later, they oh, by the way. It again. And by the way, now we need this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two weeks later, now we need this. Oh, man. Oh, oh, mine was pretty good. I, he gave me everything pretty much up front um, and then came back with just two or three more things to sign. So, it was yeah. okay. But just that, all the paperwork initially, you know, and then they've got all the-, the yeah. I think they've got some mental health stuff involved with it now too. You got to tick some boxes with all that. And yeah. You're just like, yeah. geez. Like, but uh, you get it. You get it to an extent. But like, oh, like I said, they've really made it made it hard for that very yeah. reason. But- I mean, I, I was at the point I had to go unconditional, which I never do. Like, doesn't matter your position, how much the positive you put down. Yeah. I would say to everyone, never, ever go unconditional because, yeah, I could tell you now, even when COVID hit, my sister was in the situation buying her place and- just straight away that when when we suddenly went into that lockdown, she was like, holy crap, I'm so glad at that point that she didn't go unconditional, that she kind of got to, yeah, just still do things on her own terms around it because, yeah. That Otherwise, yeah. Damn scary. Come knocking on your door. Yeah, exactly. All right. That wraps up episode seven of the Car Chat series. Thanks, Justin. Follow, Thank follow us on uh, 
you know, Twitter and Instagram, the the handle obviously has some basketball on it as well and some other stuff, at Rogue Bogues on Facebook as well. There is the Rogue Bogues car chat on Facebook. And yeah, get on that page. So we share some cool stuff on that. Um, yeah, so tell your, um, your mum, your auntie, your cousin, whoever, jump on, follow us. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention coffee cut the coffee. Oh yes. It's also a show called the Coffee Car Show. Coffee. Oh, uh, so Clayton. yeah, so high yeah, highball was on. So yeah, that was an interesting one there. So um highballs car Victoria, and coffee down right in Clayton. Bosch, yeah. Yeah, Old exactly. Bosch. So yeah, had its event on the weekend. And this one of those things we start seeing, you know, you actually see like I mean, even likes of Eric Banner has gone down to that and um, you know, seeing a lot of car journos, everything. Really, really good car event to get down to. You've seen some damn cool cars and, and that thing and it's the likes of ultra rare Porsches, um, even sort of like an M three lightweight turn up to that. So I'm like, damn, some cool stuff. Mm. But 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 fucking videos circulated around getting shed throughout. Dudes leaving the event, standing on the street, fucking Mustang. We know I mean there's people standing on the street. Crowds, Mustang, don't go hand in hand, and a Mustang starts doing a burnout. So that all starts. Perfect recipe to, to get your car show <laughs> shut down forever. Exactly. You know? um, and we so, sound like two bickering old women, but yeah, it's- but man, we used to have the cool thing with the SNL um, that happened and BP East Link, all that all got shut down because fucking idiots start turning up doing burnouts and everything. Don't fuck at people. So these cool events, cool cars turn up. Go down with your family, friends, everything. You want to be able to walk around, enjoy these cars because otherwise, you dickheads start doing this shit. Then it ruins it for the rest of us who actually want to go down and see. Yeah, cars, and it's usually so. people that show up on a one-off that don't usually go to the shows or, yeah. or whatever, and then they want to exactly. want to leave and be. I'll be honest, honest, man. Shit of cars, like I'm fucking yeah. seen a BFU, yeah, a bucket of shit cars doing a burnout and everything. When you got beautiful Ferraris and things in there, don't ruin it for everyone. Yeah, so. just don't do it. But yeah, I thought yeah. I'd mention that because we forgot. Just yeah, don't don't cool. do the hooting. Otherwise, we'll try crush your cars there with our bare hands. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. Thanks for joining us right, for thanks, episode guys. seven. We will see you next month.